everyone, and welcome to the JRPG Report. My name is James Fisher, and this is episode 193. We've got a fun podcast for you guys today, the day before Thanksgiving here in America. And um, Happy Thanksgiving to you if you celebrate, and uh, there's many reasons to give thanks, so you don't need a, a special holiday, but it is a good time to do so. We are thankful for our beloved genre. We've got lots of news to talk about, including a surprise announcement on the podcast today. And looking back on things, maybe the day before a major holiday when the kids out of school wasn't the best day to try and record. Uh, but hey, we're here and let's knock this thing out. Uh, surprisingly enough, maybe not surprisingly, there seems like there's a new one all the time anymore. There's a new Neptunia game coming. Uh, Compile Heart teased a little trailer, and they had a little website going um, a few days ago. Ooh, I don't know, six. Yeah, right. Right as we um, things kind of broke down last week, so I think the day after we recorded, um, they kind of teased this out there. It was the uh, teaser trailer says next stage, and then featured the silhouettes of four girls before them. Showing them in motion. The end of it texted with sisters to the next stage. The URL to the teaser website includes the text NEP sisters. And the text on the website itself reads, Compile's long-awaited new title will be announced. Further details are coming in tomorrow's episode of Wiki Famitsu. But they preempted all of that today with announcing Hyperdimension Neptunia Sisters versus Sisters. Announced for PS5 and PS4. This is coming out on April the 21st of 2022 in Japan. No word yet on a Western release, as well. They literally just announced this. Western announcement coming, I am sure. There will be standard and limited editions of this game as well. It stars Little Sisters, Nepgear, Uni, Rom, and Ram. The character models for these sisters are all brand new. Doesn't sound like a traditional, kind of the old school hyperdimension games. This one might be a little bit uh, different. In battle, three party members fight in real time, and the characters you are not controlling act on their own. Maybe a little bit like um, Remake? Let's see. You can switch between characters, unleash combo skills, which can be activated at the press of a button, and link with other characters. Tactical skills are in there as well, which are unique actions that consume a dedicated gauge. So in addition to the teaser trailer, there were three images that were released, one main one, and then uh, our good friends over at Gamensu released, uh, I guess, four pages of scans from the weekly Famitsu showing off the first images for the game. You can kind of see those. Oh, no, wait, that way. <laughs> Up in that direction of the video podcast on YouTube. There's not a whole lot to look at right now, but it's the first things. I'm sure a trailer is in the works. Fields can be walked around freely and explored. The PlayStation 5 version offers a greater sense of immersion due to the DualSense wireless controller's haptic feedback functionality. The story sees the little sisters awaken after being put to sleep for two years by someone to find that people now have smartphones called Magiphones. They have taken over the market. Planet Tune has fallen to the 
buzz-over phenomenon, which brought hordes of monsters, and the older sisters have gone missing. So that's all we know as of this moment. Can't tell a whole lot from that. It will be kind of cool to see this in motion and see what kind of Neptunia nonsense this one is up to. These games seem like they come along um, pretty often. <laughs> Cumball Heart, they keep... Uh, they keep them coming, and that's all good news for all you Neptunia fans out there. We did get some more information about Atelier Sophie 2 in the form of two character trailers for the main characters. First, uh, Sophie's came out, and uh, then a oh, few hours later, there was one for Plotia, and I still do not know how to say her name. That's the best I got for you. First, Sophie, they say she is a girl who aims to become an alchemist and make everyone happy. She aims to become a licensed alchemist like her dearly departed grandmother and struggles as she travels far away from her hometown. While she has a cheerful and soft personality, she is also serious and hardworking. She struggles to focus on the details and has a tendency to deal with problems on her own. We all kind of struggle with that sometimes. Her slacker disposition is increasingly is increasing at an alarming rate, and her Atelier is frequently in an appalling state. The other uh, co-protagonist, I guess you could probably say, although she's, her name's not really in there, is Pasha. She is an immature and incomplete philosopher, a young alchemist who arrived in Erdo Wedge before Sophie, she spends her days in her own atelier researching and accumulating knowledge about alchemy from dawn to dusk. A cool theorist, she shows a vast array of emotions, such as her eyes sparkling at research into the unknown, crying after losing a match. She shares the same name as Sophie's friend, Flasha, but it appears she doesn't know Sophie. So, of course, you got a lot, a lot of the weird things going on with this uh, kind of alternate universe. And... Um, Different versions of each character. We'll have to see how that all plays out. And you can as well when Atelier Sophie 2, The Alchemist of the Mysterious Dream, comes out for PS4, Switch, and PC via Steam on February 24th of next year in Japan, worldwide, February the 25th. The next game I want to talk about is one of our favorite genres here, the mobile phone game. No, uh, but I want to think this one is going to be a little bit different. I know we just went through that. At least I did personally with Tales of Luminaria, but yeah, I have some higher hopes for Bravely Default Brilliant Lights. That is the new mobile entry in the Bravely Default series. It is coming, um, well, pre-registration pre opened up for the Japanese version of the game. Release date has not been announced, but I have a feeling that it's going to be coming along sooner rather than later. When you look at the screenshots for this game, it looks pretty close to kind of uh, halfway in between the DS versions and the Switch version. And it looks to kind of emulate the gameplay look and feel of the games rather than kind of changing it and making it exclusively like an offshoot, I feel like it's more of a continuation of things, just in a more playable format. That's my <laughs> that's my fingers crossed hope 
for this game. Let me give you just a little bit of information about it. Bravely Default Brilliant Lights is the latest smartphone entry in Square Enix's RPG series Bravely, which has surpassed 3 million total worldwide shipments and digital sales. With a detailed setting and story by Keshi Ejiro, sublime background music by Revo, and strategic battles that utilizes the Brave and Default system, you can enjoy a console-like RPG experience on your smartphone. That's something that... <clears throat> excuse me. That's something that really hasn't been promised before. Typically, with mobile phone games, it is clearly a gacha game. Either it's going to cost a few dollars and be okay, or it's going to be free and try to get lots of money from you afterwards. I'm hoping this falls into the cost a little bit of money category, and it is just a worthwhile experience that emulates the Bravely series. It is a single-player RPG that anyone can enjoy. No character, gosh yes. There you go. Choose your favorite characters and train them to the end. Play as a large number of characters from the Bravely series. <clears throat> Strategic battles that utilize that aforementioned Bravely and default setting. Yeah, some of the um, images do show a few of the characters from it. The <laughs> the one character, uh, it's a female character, and at first her image kind of throws you off because you don't know what to exactly expect. But... Yeah, uh, so she's looks like to be wearing the first image. It looks like she's got a satchel bag, but then coming out of it is an octopus tentacle. <laughs> and it, you don't realize that it's coming out of the satchel. It, it looks like she has a tail of some sorts, but so supposedly she has some sort of octopus in this satchel. And that is just not only not possible, of course, these are. <laughs> ocean dwelling creatures but the uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be intriguing let's just say this so the setting of the story for this one embark on an adventure revolving around the crystal and four new warriors of light 5,000 years have passed since the death of the great alchemist who proposed the creation of crystal creator of all things the light of the crystal has yet to shine upon the land which has become a vast wasteland known as the blood sands and a great rift valley created by the giant's arrow has separated the lands from north and south, dividing people's cultures from east to west. In this vast land, ruined by many years of wars and blood sands, there was but one area blessed with water and greenery. Here's where our story begins, in Brass, the alchemy city. One night, a shining ball of light appeared in the ancient ruins on the outskirts of Brass, illuminating the night sky. The following morning, Claire, who was staying in the ruins of the Alchemist's Apprentice, receives a request to investigate the damages. Here's the game system. It's a single-player RPG that anyone can enjoy. As a single-player RPG for smartphone, you can enjoy the game on your own and when and where you please. But you can also enjoy the game with friends via the chat, guild, player versus player, and raid features. It's got its standalone experience, but it's also got some multiplayer kind of standard mobile phone experience things. Uh, again, they reemphasize the no character gotchas. Choose your choose and acquire your favorite characters and train them to the fullest according to their abilities and traits. A large number of the Bravely series characters 
As the Bravely series turned 10 years old, a large number of characters from previous entries in the series will appear as playable characters. You can even enjoy previously untold episodes as side stories. And of course, the return of that really fun and interesting Brave and Default system. There was a pre-registration announcement trailer that went along with this. You've been kind of watching that. As long as some character trailers uh, for Claire, Steel, Sandra, and Rufus, and as well as a fairy character called Lumina. I got high hopes for this one. I'm going to be honest. Uh, Bravely Default 2, I've yet to play completely. I did dive into it a little bit and loved what I saw. Of course, I loved uh, Bravely Default. I didn't get to play the uh, Inlayer. Was the second one, I believe? Um, but yeah, big fan of this series. It's definitely an old school turn-based experience of the JRPGs of yesteryear that I enjoyed. So I'm interested to see what this game does. I'm assuming that it comes to the West. I don't see why that it wouldn't. But I'll have, uh, I'm sure we'll have some more information on this one, including when it does actually go out live in Japan and hopefully some news on a Western release coming in the future. If you're looking forward to the strategy RPG Relayer, you'll want to head over to our YouTube channel and check out an eight-minute trailer for the Mech RPG coming out uh, in February in Japan. Of course, this trailer is for the Japanese version of the game, although I think there's some English names in there, so kind of keep what's going on. This one is called the Robot Trailer and introduces the game's other main characters. Of course, you got the humans, but then you've got their giant mechs as the star of this one. You can kind of get a better look at it. That's really the only information I have about it, just that they released this new trailer, and you can check it out. Over there, Relayer is due out for PS5 and PS4 on February 17th of 2022 in Japan. This was supposed to be a simultaneous worldwide release. However, we don't have any other information about it at this time as far as going worldwide. The game does support uh, a ton of different languages, so maybe that's just what they're going to go with, and they may end up hitting that worldwide target on the 17th of February, but... Still no confirmation on uh, if, in fact, that is what's happening. Uh, there was an interesting video, and I didn't post it on the channel, uh, as it was a uh, just a smaller company that made this. It wasn't a major, major thing. Um, you can see this as it's kind of playing on the YouTube version of it, but something called Final Fantasy IX Memoria Project. This is a non-playable, fan-made movie uh, version led by a team of professional developers and artists that aims to reimagine the world of Final Fantasy IX in modern graphics has released a first teaser trailer dubbed Welcome to Alexandria. This uh, project began uh, back in January of 2020, but things have now obviously <laughs> it was a little tough last year, but things have picked up steam after March and there are now 28 people working on this project. Uh, it is a interesting trailer to say the least. Um, it doesn't say how far into the world of FF nine, the project plans to go. Although the current focus is on Alexandria exploration gameplay. The team later plans to tackle cinematics and some combat sequences. The goal of this, 
they say, is to, quote, motivate Square Enix to want to do the same. That's cool. I mean, there looks like there's a lot of people <laughs> passionately working on this project. The proof is in what you see, that uh, Vivi on screen looks pretty cool, well-imagined. I'd like to see it as well. I want to see uh, asterisk beside that, okay? I would love to see a proper remaster of this game using modern graphics. So I, it needs to be remade, <laughs> but don't mess with it, okay? That's really what I wanted with 7. That's exactly what I would want with 9, um, is using modern graphics and hardware capabilities to remake the game in the original vision but made today. I think that's what all these games could use. A team of developers who 20, 25 years ago played these games on PlayStation and would love to remake it for current players to enjoy. We haven't really seen that. We've seen what they did with the FF7 remake. And as much as I loved and enjoyed that, they did turn it from a turn-based game to a action RPG, which the world does not need any more of. We need more turn-based games. So that's what I'm hoping happens here. It's There's been that rumor that 9 as well as 6 is going to get the remake treatment I kind of feel like Square Enix has their hands full with enough already, and I don't see it happening at least right away, but we'll uh, we'll wait and see. Speaking of Square Enix, apparently, according to the latest financial results for Q2 slash uh, 3, for quarter 2, rather, the uh, Neo, The World Ends With You sequel uh, didn't quite, or the quote underperformed end quote even though people who played it enjoyed it i think they really thought that the hype for the world ends with you and the screams for a sequel would would help them out not that it did poorly i just think that it did less than what they were uh anticipating um yeah i mean obviously the game's not been out of a super long time things can uh things can do that uh as as i'm saying that if you are looking for a deal on neo the world ends with you you can get it at best buy on black friday for 29.99 that discount only apparently applies for the ps4 version of it you may be able to get that other places as well but yeah i just thought that was that was interesting. I didn't get to play the original or that one. Uh, it looked looked just fine, but yeah, that happens sometimes. You 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 have expectations for it, and they're just not. Maybe they were too high to begin with. To be quite honest, uh, if you are a player of War Divisions, Final Fantasy Brave's Brave Exvius, there are there is now a collaboration going on with Final Fantasy Fifteen. Popular players such as Prompto, Noctis, and Aria are available now as new units. The collaboration is split into three different weeks. The first week will bring Noctis and Pronto. Um, 
Noctis is an Earth-type UR unit with the unique Prince of Lucius job. He comes equipped with various debuff and, and buff abilities, a guaranteed hit area of effect attack. Prompto is a Dark-type UR unit with high agility and long-range debuff attacks. The second week will start on December the 1st, and that Ariana as a playable unit. She's an Ice-type UR unit. And finally, the third week will add the MA-X Maniple Vision card. There you go. You can tell I played the game. I don't necessarily know the terminology. Um, so yeah, there, there you go. No word if it's going to be other players or not. Just those three have been um, guaranteed. And this is going for three weeks. I don't, I don't guess there's going to be any other characters. Just, just those three. But I guess it's better than, better than nothing. Uh, finally, in Square Enix news, they opened pre-orders in Japan for a Chrono Trigger Jazz Arrangement album. The new album is the fifth in the Square Enix Jazz album series, which, fe- which features jazz versions of various soundtracks from the Saga series all the way to Final Fantasy and now Chrono Trigger. It'll cost about $29, and pre-orders will last until January the 26th of next year. Um... I'm not not really a big jazz type fan, so this one sounded a bit odd to me. But obviously, this is this yeah, this is the fifth one that they've done, so I'd imagine this one will do quite um, quite well as well. We talked a little bit about the Shop Atlas store and uh, some of the 25th anniversary stuff that was going to be going. On sale, the Shop Atlas store beta is now live, and a collection of merchandise from Persona 5 Royal, as well as a collector's edition of a Persona hoodie, are now available. Um, the hoodie comes with the extension of all five high schools featured in the previous Persona games. Um, as of this writing, there are only two merchandise collections to choose from one, the Persona 5. A collection includes everything from shirts, beanies, posters, mugs, pillows, and phone cases. The other is the Persona 25th Anniversary Collection, which has a similar lineup of products. In addition to these collections, Atlas is planning to release more merchandise from various other properties, including uh, from Shimigami Tensei 3, 5, as well as Catherine Full Body. And while not listed on the website, the teaser also showed some Persona 4 Golden merchandise that may uh, may come on down the line. Uh, pre-orders for the Collector's Edition 25th Anniversary Persona hoodie will cost $99.99. <laughs> that is a lot of money for a hoodie. <laughs> I mean, even a good one will set you back, what, 50 So, yeah, that's, that is not cheap. These, this hoodie will release sometime in spring of 2022. Uh, Shimigami Tensei 5 celebrated its release a little while ago with some new digital wallpapers. You can get those wallpapers from the Atlas website as well as if you follow them. Uh, official Atlas West on Twitter. They are up over there and they are looking pretty cool. Um, the first one is Nava, uh, Navahano as well as Arogama and Jack Frost including uh, there's one for Pixie as well, but I didn't see an image for that to uh, to grab and, and throw up 
no, I keep pointing the right, over that way. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's backwards. It's kind of like a, kind of like a mirror. Um, this article just broke not too long before we went to, went to announce this. That is, uh, the mobile game Sin Chronicle has been delayed to spring 2022 in Japan. This is Sega's upcoming mobile RPG. It was supposed to come out next month in December. But uh, during a live stream that went on, actually today, I guess that's why we're getting this announcement, the uh, company announced the delay of the launch window to the spring. It was decided to delay the game after receiving user feedback from the closed beta test. If you're going to do a closed beta, you need to listen to your people. And apparently that is exactly what happened. And this game is not ready for release. Um, So, yeah, I... I'm sure we are all in agreement here. We would rather, especially after playing a few broken games here in the not too or in recent memory, we will gladly take a delay of any sorts over a broken game experience. Got a few more stories to pass along your way, and we'll wrap up this episode. Uh, don't forget you can follow along on our social media channels, either on Facebook or Twitter, to keep up to date every day with the news that we end up covering on the podcast. Um, of course, YouTube has video versions of this podcast, as well as some of the trailers that we talk about as well. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please consider financial support. You can do that via the links in the podcast description. The uh, upcoming 3D action RPG, Made in Abyss Binary Star, Falling into Darkness, Quite a title. Uh, had some new screenshots looking at the 2022 upcoming game based on the popular manga and anime series. Uh, you will be battling primeval creatures, gathering relics, and the curse of the abyss. An action RPG packed with irredeemable challenges. This one has a quite unique look to it. Um, I would s- obviously this is very faithful to the anime and its look, but it kind of looks childish, but mature at the same time. I don't, don't know how to quite describe it. If you're, if you've seen some of the screenshots, of course, you'll want to check out. That's why I mentioned the social, uh, social feeds, JRPG report. You can get the links to these articles because it's kind of hard to describe images in, uh, voice format. Here's an overview of the game Made in Abyss Binary Star Falling into Darkness is a 3D action RPG in which the player themselves which which players themselves dive into the world of the abyss and seek out its depths through growth and overcoming hardships. Other than a story mode that follows the plot of the anime, there's an original story supervised by series author Akihito Tashikushi, in which players can experience a dark fantasy in the flavor of the original series. Many characters from the original series appear in-game, and event scenes are fully voiced by the anime cast. This game is due out for PS4, Switch, and PC via Steam sometime in 2022. The screenshots, I, you see a lot of menus. You do see some action, but this is one of those ones like I'd really like to see a, a trailer and see it kind of in action, see how the action plays out. But it, it could be very interesting. Like I said, I really don't have... A frame of reference for the anime, but um, this one looks looks pretty cool. Uh, 
We mentioned back in October, I believe, about a Bandai Namco Tales of Popularity poll. Well, we've got the result of that, and there seems to be some recency bias <laughs> going going into it. Uh, so, first up is the most popular characters in the Tales of series. Uh, for, I guess, fairness, they have removed uh, previous past champions um, due to their popularity, they say. So, you could not voice, vote for Yuri of Vesperia or Leon from Tales of Destiny. They won too many times, and um, we get it. <laughs> People love them. So they're out. So I'll pause briefly. You think of your favorite Tales of character not named Yuri or Leon, and um, what comes to mind? So, you know, perhaps some of us would say... Lloyd from Symphonia, possibly Luke from Abyss. Uh, there's there's so many. Like I, I personally love Velvet from Berseria. Taking the number one, and that's why I say recency bias, number one was Dolly from Tales of Arise. Don't get me wrong, I did enjoy his character. I don't even know if he was my favorite character in the game, let alone of all time. But there you go. He uh, he took the title, I guess the last time they had this one, uh, uh, Miklio from Tales of Zestaria was number one. And he has been bumped down to number two. Uh, coming in at number three, also hot off the press, is his Alfin from Tales of Arise. Uh, coming in at number four, Luke from Tales of Abyss. Um, at number five, Luger from Tales of Exilia 2. Didn't really care for him. Uh, Asbel from Tales of Graces makes number six. Uh, Saray from Tales of Vesteria at seven. Raven from Vesperia at number eight. Did like Raven. Lloyd uh, coming in at nine. And then Zelos, a hilarious character from Cells of Symphonia at number ten. What'd you notice about all those names? Yeah, all dudes, right? Not a single female made the top ten. Uh, they started showing up Shion at number 11, and then Rose at number 13. It seems that male characters from the Tales of series are much more popular with the fans. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Obviously, this is you know primarily a Japanese. I think it might have been exclusively Japanese, so maybe that explains a little bit of the... Um, the popular, just the male characters. I don't know. That's that's one of those very interesting things. You've seen, um, we talked about this at one podcast, I can't remember when, where it, it broke down the favorite Tales of games uh, from U.S. to Japan to worldwide and with varying differences in opinion. So I'm, I would dare say if you did an American favorite Tales of poll, there'd be a few more females uh, in there just... Uh, just guessing. So, but then there was part two of this Tales of Popularity poll, and um, there was three questions asked, and one was favorite mascot. Number two was character you want to hold a winter party with. Keep in mind, this is uh, these results are going to be revealed at the Tales of Winterfest. Um, that's, I guess, why that question is in there. I don't know what a winter party in particular is, but hey, there you go. And then, character you would want to cook at 
a camp with. Okay, there you go. Let's do let's do mascot last because I think that's the most interesting one. Uh, winter party Zelos is a a dude you got to party with, right? Uh, number two with Dolene, three Rutger, four Lloyd, and five Rose. So there you go. I, there you go. Uh, <laughs> then the character you'd want to cook at in uh, Lugger tells Xavier to make a number one, Kasara. That would have been my first thought because she was an amazing cook in Tales of Arise. Yuri makes number three, Velvet number four, and Miklio at number five. So our favorite mascots, and yeah, this is definitely, like I said, recency because Arise did very, very well in these polls. And Hoodle takes the number one slot there as favorite mascot. I, I, I loved Hoodle too. Don't get me wrong. He, he could well deserve to be their number one, but... Uh, Repeat at Tales of Vesperia is number two. Mew! Making it there at uh, Tales of, Z- of Abyss, number three. Lulu, Tales of Exilia, two at number four. Old Norman, <laughs> Tales of Exilia, at five. Uh, Quickie, Tales of Eternia, at number six. Tipo, all the way down there at number seven. I don't know. That seems awful, awful low. I don't... Uh, Tebow at seven, then uh, Nosh at number eight from Symphonia. Karia at Tales of the Rays at nine or nine. And Zappy tied with Bienfew at number 10. How's Bienfew getting all the way down there at 10? Loved him. And Karina at Tales of Symphonia, all a tie at number 10. So there you go. Way too much tales of information. But uh, the series has been going along for so long. It was a very interesting uh, poll, and I'm glad they kind of Kind of showed those out there. It makes me makes me kind of want to go back and replay a bunch of the games, doesn't it? So that is going to do it. Uh, tons of stuff going on in my world, as I'm sure it is in yours. So we'll wrap it up a little bit shortly here. I know I've been teasing about what's coming for the podcast. I, I don't have details. Things have been just a bit too hectic. The only thing I can reveal at this time, and this is something we've been wanting to do for a while, and one of the ways that we're going to be able to do that is through the upcoming subscription offer on uh, through the Anchor app. So nothing is going to change with this podcast. Each and every week, you're going to be able to listen to all the news that you want to. Same format, hopefully on Thursdays. You know, We've changed the days over the years. That's... That's nothing new. Thursdays just seems to work just fine. Still going to get your video versions of it on YouTube. If you watch on Spotify, you get to watch it that way as well. Nothing will change. We're going to be adding content. And the added content is going to be exclusive for people who either subscribe through Anchor or who are monthly donation members through uh, either PayPal or um, Patreon, okay? There's one goal I have in 2022, and that is to make this some sort of viable business, okay? This has been a long-time passion of mine, and while it, it doesn't bring in negative money, it doesn't bring in much. So if I want to put out some extra effort and produce extra podcasts in terms of conversations, 
um, soundtracks, different topics that we discuss, not news-related, but fun ones, kind of like we were doing with our Sunday specials. So those episodes are going to be exclusive for paid members. You guys kind of know where this is coming from. Other podcasts, other mediums do this. You get your basic stuff, stuff that we always do and we always will do for free. But if you want more than that and you want to support the show, I want to show you some love if you show me some love, that type of deal. So certainly one of the things we're going to do is try to do at least one episode every week extra that'll uh, kind of give you some some reason to want to listen to. As, as I've mentioned before, I do not want to deal with advertisements in this podcast. The world is inundated with way way too many advertisements. You're bombarded constantly. That's not why you're here. If anything, you need a reprieve from that. And if I can help in any way, that's one way. But I do need to make at least a little bit of money in this project. And so that's one one thing we're going to do is going to offer some extra features for a minimal. I mean, I don't know what the minimal subscription Cost is, I haven't got into that with Anchor. I think with Patreon, it's $2. So for as little as $2 a month, you can support the podcast and get some extra content. That is something we're going to be rolling out. Next year, 2022, is going to be a market test year. If this works, we will definitely keep it up. If it doesn't work, if nobody cares, then we'll just go back to the old way. That's fine. But I want to try something and see if you guys like it. And uh, we shall go from there as far as other benefits that we can do. But I know that's something we can do and uh, hopefully have a lot of fun with. Anyway, that's going to do it for episode 193. My name is James Fisher. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. We'll have another podcast for you back regular time next week. I don't see any problem with uh, going back to Thursdays. That should work out just fine. But until then, get back out there and level up.